in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in verses 10 through 17 uh, today. And as we look in these verses, I want you to feel free to help me. <laughs> help me along while we're preaching this message. There may be a come a time when you want to listen, but I think there's going to be some opportunity in this message for you to give God praise. For you to worship him in the midst of it all. As we are thinking today about how are we building. We're in the seventh message of this series, Fighting Division. And we have to ask ourselves, how are we building? How are we building? You know, we all remember the story of the three little pigs, don't we? Oh, some of you young people may not have ever heard that. Oh, what a shame. What a shame if you haven't heard about the three little pigs. Uh, some of you may remember, in case you have forgotten this story, let me give us a little bit of a reminder. The little pigs, there were these three little pigs and the sow or the mother of the pigs uh, didn't have very much. It didn't have enough to keep them comfortable. So she sent them off on their way. She sent them off to make a name for themselves and to find their own fortune. Now, these pigs, as they left, they all had the same intention. Each one was going to build a brick home. Each one would have their own brick home. They would be safe and secure within that home. But along the way, one little pig met with this man who had a trailer full of straw and started thinking, you know, I, I don't have to go through the hassle and, and take all the time there is to build a brick home. I can just build one out of straw and I'll be able to relax while the others are building and I'll be able to sit back, kick my feet up and things will be fine. And that's exactly what that pig did. It built a house out of straw and that night after moving in, there come a knock at the door we remember the story don't we there was a wolf at the door little pig little pig let me come in and that little pig responded not by the hair of my chitty chin chin we we remember this don't we well that 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 wolf he began to huff and puff he blew the house down and he captured that pig and he ate the pig well, along the way, while the other two were still deciding what they're doing, there's one pig decides, well, you know what? There's no sense in me taking all of this effort and building a house out of brick. What I'm going to do is build one out of sticks. And as he began to build this house out of sticks, he thought, well, I'm going to be finished long before the other, and I'll be able to just relax and kick my feet up. Well, the night he moved in, here come the wolf at the door. Little pig, little pig, let me come in. And the pig responded, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Well, he huffed and he puffed. He blew the house down, captured the pig and he ate the pig. But then there was this other wise little pig. He toiled and he struggled and he worked and he worked until he built his house out of brick. He, he had a solid foundation and he began to build on top of that foundation until he had his house complete. And that died after he had moved in, there come a knock at his door. And the wolf said, little pig, little pig, let me come in. And that pig boldly yelled out, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. The wolf huffed and he puffed. He huffed and he puffed. He 
huffed and he puffed and he still could not blow the house down. The pig had formed a house on a solid foundation. It was built proper without cutting any corners. And you know, he was safe as long as he was inside this house. Because the house had a solid foundation and it was formed right. Well, when we look here in these verses, we find that the Apostle Paul implies something very similar to the Corinthian believers. Read with me, would you? The Bible says in verse, starting in verse 10, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone believe, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it. But because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? And if anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. This is God's holy word. God, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you for your holy word that comforts us and encourages us. And God, we pray that the meditation of our heart and the words of our mouth this day would be pleasing unto you. Now, God, if there is one with us today who doesn't, know you through your son, Jesus Christ. We pray that today would be a day that they would cry out, what must I do to be saved? That give their heart to you, that make Jesus their Lord and Savior. And God will praise you for all that's accomplished. Now you minister, hide me behind the cross. Use me for your glory and we'll praise you for it all. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, it's been encouraging the last few weeks to see so many coming out to worship with us. And, and when we think about last week's message, last week's message, the Apostle Paul's concern was over the lack of the maturity of the Corinthian believers. In verses 1 through 9 in chapter 3, Paul dealt with the carnality of the church in Corinth. Paul notes the criticism of the carnality where the believers at this point had not grown enough in their walk with the Lord to where they could eat the meat of the word of God. Instead, they were still feasting on the milk of God's word. And instead, and, and because of this, because of them not being able to be taught the deep things of God, 
it was resulting in division within the church. So Paul's offered up some correction for their carnality. And the correction Paul offered up for the believers in Corinth was to understand that Paul nor Apollos was to be worshipped. Instead, God, God, the gospel of Jesus Christ is just who the gospel is centered around. It's centered around Jesus Christ, not man. It's not centered around me. It's not centered around Billy Graham. It's not centered around Mike Cummins. Now, I'm not putting myself in their, in their category, but I wanted you to understand, no pastor should be the center of our worship and our praise. Then we get to verse 9 in that passage. And in verse 9, it reminds the believers that God is the source of all in the church. The body of believers are God's workers, not Paul's, not Apollos's. The body of believers are God's field, not Paul and neither Apollos's. The body of believers are God's building, not Paul's nor Apollos's. So Paul wanted them to be clear that their worship, their work, their witness, it belonged to the one in whom they had believed. It belonged to Jesus Christ. Now, following the fact that Paul had just reminded the Corinthian believers that they are God's building, we get here to verses 10 through 17, and Paul illustrates to us the building of the church. And it begins with a sure foundation. I think you can help me here a little while. The apostle Paul in verse 10, he gives an indication that he is the founder of the church in Corinth. When we look there in verse 10, we find according to the grace of God, which was given me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. When Paul went to Corinth, the Corinth, he he met a couple. We remember this story. I shared it a few a few weeks ago, but Paul met a couple named Priscilla and Aquila. He he stayed with them and and be, because they had something in common, they were tent makers. They invited him to stay. He began to witness to them and share the gospel and along the way, he took every opportunity that he could to go into the synagogue so he could share the gospel with the Jews. Well, he did this on each Sabbath until Till the Jews began to oppose him and blaspheme against him in the synagogue. These unbelieving Jews, they, they, uh, Paul did something when this was going on that we need to take note of. What Paul did was he, he shook off his clothes and he kicked the dust off his feet and he kept going on. In other words, he didn't start a riot. He didn't start a revolt. He didn't start a protest. He just moved on. He let them know that their blood was on their own hands and that he was guiltless as far as, as, far as their eternity because he had shared the gospel with them. But the Bible tells us that Paul met a man by the name of Justice. Justice offered up his house as a place for Paul to share the gospel. And while sharing the gospel in the home of Justice, this official in the synagogue by the name of Crispus, he and his whole family heard the gospel. They believed and they become believers. And there we see a community built up right there of believers. And this community is formed and shaped the first church in Corinth. What we have to note is Paul declared 
the foundation of the church. The, fo- the foundation that he laid for these early believers in Corinth was that Jesus is the Christ. And Paul went on in verse 11 to say that no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Paul's telling the Corinthian believers that the sure foundation has been laid. No one, not him, not Apollos can lay another foundation. They all were responsible now, or all that they were responsible for now was to build on top of this foundation. Oh, folks, we when we build a home, many of you who are builders, you understand this. Those of you who've built a home... You will understand this, that when the foundation is laid, you have to build within that foundation. You can't make the building wider. You can't make it longer. You have to build within the foundation. You can change things on the inside, but all you can change has to line up with the with the supports of the foundation. You can't go outside of the rule of the foundation. Now, you can ask the, the contractor or the builder to, to increase the foundation, but that will come at a great cost to you. So the only way and the best way to stay within the, the to secure yourself and not overexert yourself or overspend or, or, or try to do more than what you can actually do to Instead of overextending yourself, just stay in the rule of the foundation. To keep from getting in trouble with the bank, to keep from getting in trouble with your pocketbook, then you stay in the rule of that foundation. If we, Paul understood the rule of the foundation so that his focus was simply on the foundation. He realized that he was the master builder only by the grace of God. He was not going to divert away from the foundation that God's grace had provided him. He was building on Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why is this important? Because no matter what comes our way, nothing can prevail over what is built on the sure foundation. Jesus is, is the sure foundation. He is the stone that the builders rejected. He is our chief cornerstone. He is the rock on which the church is built and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Oh, Satan, the troublemaker, the source of division, the devourer. He thought he had us in 2020, didn't he? He thought the church would just close its doors because of this pandemic. He thought the church would just go away, but God, aren't you glad to hear that phrase, but God? I'm so glad we can say, but God. He has shown that his son will be magnified and he will be glorified. When numbers became limited in church meetings like this, the church is engaged in technology. And you know what? that does it helped us to reach more people than we had ever met before I want to tell you not only that there were those who took church outside of the building they went outside they set up and everybody in their community could hear them worshiping praising and declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ as a matter of fact on Sunday evening around 6 o'clock if I walk outside of my house and stand in my yard I can hear them all the way down at Maynard Center worshiping, praising, and preaching the gospel. I want to tell you when the foundation is Jesus Christ, nothing can come against it and destroy it. 
the gates of hell will not prevail when Jesus is the sure foundation. All he'll do is what he's done. He's just shown how great he really is. He's given us the opportunity to get outside of ourselves. He's forced us to think outside of the box. And he's helped us to understand it's not about us being comfortable. It's not about us having what we want. It's not about us getting making things easy for us. But it's about sharing the gospel any way that we can share the gospel. And that's what churches through this pandemic have been forced to do. And that's what we've done. And God's been glorified. And Jesus has been magnified. But Paul, he doesn't only speak about this sure foundation. He shares that we must be aware of what we're building on this foundation. In other words, he shares that our formation is important. You know, the reason it's important is because it's studied. It's a studied formation. What do you mean, preacher? (laughs) What we build on top of the foundation will be inspected. That's what it means. When we look at these verses, it makes it awfully clear that it will be inspected. The Apostle Paul tells us that there are two ways in which we can build on top of the foundation. We can build... In a way that it is permanent. And he uses the analogy here of using materials such as gold, silver, and precious stones. The materials, these materials are made to last. When you give someone a diamond, that diamond's going to last forever. You give someone a piece of gold, that gold, its value is going to just increase. It's never going to decrease. You give them silver, it's something that they can have for as long as they live on this earth. Revelation goes as far as to tell us how that new Jerusalem is built. And it's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. But let me listen to what it tells us in Revelation 21, 18 through 20. It tells us that the city that we long for, this heavenly city, it will be built with pure gold and will shine like clear glass. It tells us the walls of the city are made with jasper. It tells us that the foundations are made out of precious stones. It tells us that there are 12 gates and each gate is made of pearls and each gate is of one pearl. The in the city is made of pure gold. I want to remind us that city will last for all eternity. But he also shares that we can build on that that will eventually perish. Paul uses the analogy of wood, hay, and straw. I think maybe King James or some translations will use the word stubble. But wood, hay, and straw. These materials are perishable. They can easily be burned up. They can easily, easily be done away with. So what the Apostle Paul is telling us is that the formation of what we build on the foundation, it will be inspected. If we build what endures, we will be rewarded for it. If we build what will be burned up, We will suffer loss. What kind of loss? Loss of time. Loss of effort. Loss of energy. 
loss of whatever you got out of it. When we're building a home, if it's built properly, properly, without cutting corners, it's going to pass inspection. However, if corners are cut and inferior material are used, then it won't pass inspection. And all that is done is done for nothing. We agree with that, don't we? Well, in knowing that and understanding that, we must really get real right now. We must get real with what's going on in the Corinthian church and begin to ask what's going on in our church today. Now today, I'm not talking about the church in general. I'm not talking about the universal church of God. I'm talking about Reedy Branch Baptist Church today. And this is something we all, we need to consider. Today, I'm, I, 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 what is the formation or how is it that we are building on our foundation? We've already shared that the foundation is Jesus Christ, right? Amen. If Jesus Christ is the foundation next, how are we building? Well, before we can begin to build, we got to have some sort of idea of what our mission is. You know, before you build a house, you know what you want it to look like outside. You know what the outside of it wants to look like. You know what you want on the inside before you get the building. So we need to know before we even begin building on the foundation of Jesus Christ, what is the mission of the church? And the mission of the church is laid out clearly in the gospel. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, the Bible says, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. In other words, that's it. That's the command. Our mission and the mission of any New Testament church is to make disciples. Not start a movement, but make disciples. The mission of a New Testament church is to teach them all things that God has commanded. And we see what we see in the book of Acts is how we go about doing that. In the book of Acts in chapter 2, verses 40 through 47, what we find is they shared the gospel. And many received the word and they were baptized. So evangelism was used to build on the foundation. We see that in, in these same verses in Acts 2 that they continued in the apostles' doctrine. So discipleship was used to build on the foundation. We find also that they continued in fellowship in the breaking of bread. So fellowship was used to build on the foundation. We, they had all things in common. They sold their possessions, their goods, and divided them among everyone. So ministry or missions was used to be built on top of the foundation. And they continued in one, on one accord in the temple and from house to house praising God. So worship was built on top of the foundation. Everything that they did, their evangelism, their discipleship, their fellowship, their ministry and their worship was all centered on the word of God. John 1 and 1 tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 2 says he was in the beginning with God. In verse 3 it says all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Verse 4, he says in him was life and the life was the light of men. Folks, I want you to know the church was built on Jesus Christ and it formed up the fit, the foundation that Jesus was. And because of this, 
the Lord added to the church daily those who believed. So my question becomes, what is what does our foundation look like? Does it look like the church of the living God? <laughs> what we're building, what does it look like? Does it look like the church of the living God? Hmm. Or does it look like a country club? Are we a people of service or we or do we demand to be served? Do we seek God's way and his design or are we seeking our way and our preference? What does it look like if we are building the kingdom of God? I mean, are we building the kingdom of God or are we building our own kingdom? When we are tested, when are we, when we are tested by fire, what will it show? Will it show that we're singing for the glory of God or are we singing for the glory of man? Will it show that we're praising and magnifying the name of Jesus or are we performing to seek the praise of people? Are we seeking to make God known to the world or are we seeking to make a name for ourselves in this world? Are we, all that we've done, all that we will do, it will be tested by fire and it will be clear. The day will show just how clear it is. Everything that we've done and why it's been done. That day of judgment is the judgment seat, the bema seat of Jesus Christ. It is a rewarding time, but it's a time where we'll be held accountable for all that we've done. It will reveal the truth of our formation. Folks, we it's clear. It, it's crystal clear. The foundation is Jesus Christ. Now we've we've got to be sure that our formation it fits on the foundation. In everything from our programs to our plans to our budget. Everything that is done here, it's got to fit the foundation that we've been given. It'll cost us too much to try to extend that foundation. (laughs) Woe unto him who changes one jot or one tittle of God's word. Listen, woe to that church who calls what God has said is sin, okay. My family, my child, your family, your child. Woe to us if what God has declared sin becomes okay in the house of God. I'm going to promise you this. If I preach it to you, you can believe it's preached in my home. We've got to be sure (laughs) what we're building, our formation, fits the foundation we've been given. As they come, we find in these last couple verses, 
In John's gospel, chapter 4, Jesus goes through Samaria. He makes the statement, I must go through. He goes through Samaria and he comes in contact with a woman at Jacob's well. We all know that story. But I want to remind us of the ending of that story. In John 4, 19 through 20, the woman says, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on the mountain and you Jews say, Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And you Jews say that we ought to worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said in verses 23 through 24, but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Folks, if our formation is not built by the spirit of God. And by the truth of God, it will be defiled. And God will not dwell in a defiled temple. The Apostle Paul was not talking about individuals in this passage. In this passage, the context of it is the church. He's Paul is dealing with the church, dealing with believers. And he's saying, if we don't build on his spirit and by his spirit and by his truth, then we're defiled and God won't be here. Too many churches. They're operating off gifts, talents, but there's no anointing. We can preach all we want, but if there's no anointing, God's not in it. We can sing all we want, but if there's no anointing, God's not in it. The anointing of God must be in it, and he won't be in it if it's defiled. Let's be sure, church. I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us. Let's be sure. That our formation fits our foundation. And if it does, the great news is there's going to be a great reward. God is keeping track of it. I'm not policing it, but we can believe the Spirit of God is. Now, let me get personal just for a moment. There's some of you who are unsaved. Some of you maybe have walked away from Jesus. Some of you right now, you may not know. You may not be able to say without a doubt that if the wolf comes knocking at my door today, then heaven would be my home. Oh, if you fit that circumstance, (laughs) I want to ask you, what's the foundation of your life? What are you building? What kind of formation do you have on that foundation that you're living on? 
If that roaring lion who seeks to devour you comes knocking at your door right now, if he were to cry out, sinner, sinner, let me come in. Are you ready for him to huff and puff? And if he does, will he blow your house down? Or are you ready to make today the day that you begin a secure formation? Built on a solid and sure foundation. That choice is up to you. Today, you can leave here knowing without a doubt that heaven is your home. That no matter what comes your way, <laughs> there's, the gates of hell cannot prevail. Or you can walk away afraid of when the wolves come in to knock on your door. But it won't be a wolf. It'll be a roaring lion. And this roaring lion if you continue to reject Jesus Christ, he will find you and he will devour you. What choice will you make today? Will every head bowed, every eye closed? I don't know what the Spirit of God is saying to you in this moment, but for the church, I would ask that you just seek God right now. Seek God that he would help us to be sure that we're building within the foundation that he has laid for us. But if you're lost, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But you believe that he is the Son of God, that he was born a virgin. That he lived a sinless life and that he died on an old rugged cross to forgive us of our sin. If you believe this, if you believe that he, they placed him in a barred tomb and on the third day he arose from the grave to give us hope of an eternity with Jesus. If you believe that he went away so that the comforter would come to dwell within us, to walk with us and talk with us and lead us through this life. And if you believe he's coming back to receive us unto himself. If you will confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible declares you will be saved. So would you pray with me? If you're in that situation where you believe and you want Jesus as your Savior, just pray, God, I believe Jesus is the Savior of the world. The one in whom you said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. God, I believe he died for my sin. I believe he arose for my victory. I believe he's at your right hand and he's coming to receive us unto himself. God, I believe and I ask you forgive me of my sins. And I receive your son as my savior. Oh, thank you God for saving me.
Now help me to walk in the newness of light that you've given me. Help me to grow, to not only eat upon the milk of your word, but to grow and be able to eat from the meat of your word. God, help me to build on this foundation that you've given us. Help me to build within the foundation and to trust your word in all things. And I pray my life will glorify your name and magnify the name of your son. Thank you, God, for saving me. Oh, if you prayed this prayer, you believe it in your heart. If you make a step of faith, God will do everything else.